This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 1936, How Shakespeare Can Boost Your Business English. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection with your American host, Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, and Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, coming to you from Arizona and Colorado, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Do you read the classics? Today, get three high-level English words that Shakespeare invented and that you can employ in a corporate setting to keep your business English from becoming lackluster. Listen in today. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Hey there, Aubrey. How's everything today? I am great. I have a fun little pop quiz question for you. Pop quiz. All right. I am ready. <laughs> okay. So first of all, this is about William Shakespeare. Do you like Shakespeare? Do you read Shakespeare ever? Not currently. Or did you in college? That's of what course. I did. I had yes. to read it in college. <laughs> yes. In high school and call more so in high school for me, but in, mm. yeah, in school, we absolutely read all the classics, uh, Macbeth, right? Yep. Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Hamlet, probably. Ode I think Odello. Is that what it was? Odello? Othello. 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 Oh, I loved Othello. That's a good one. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. So yeah, I've, I've had my go with Shakespeare for sure. Okay. So here's your pop quiz question. I did not know this, so don't be embarrassed if you don't know it. How many words do you think William Shakespeare invented in probably. English? Oh, it's a good question. This is a trivia question that I'll have yeah, to is. remember for my next yeah, trivia night. Right? Uh, probably a hundred. I don't know. A lot. Right. That would have been my guess. You are going to be shook. This is fun slang to in, to make that grammar mistake on purpose to say, <laughs> okay, I was shook, meaning I was very surprised. 1,700, Lindsay. Oh my god, 1,700 words that he created. Amazing. It's so interesting. I, I started looking into this because we got a really good question that we're going to read here that has to do with Shakespeare. Oh, I love it. I'm going to go ahead and get into the question now because I'm excited to get into William Shakespeare and also maybe how it intersects with business English. Very Absolutely. interesting. Here we go. So we, this is from Amir and he says, Hi, Lindsay, this is Amir writing from the UAE. I'm one of your fans who listens to your podcast every day when I commute between my home and my office. That's fantastic, Amir. Yes. Thank you for listening to our show. Please share it with your friends. All right. I remember that several years ago, I read a novel of Shakespeare. Regretfully, I can't remember its name. And I faced a word as bastinado. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an old fashioned word. And nowadays it cannot be used in talking or writing. However, I'm so curious to know that it must be used as a form of noun or a verb. Take care, Amir. 
Okay, so it's interesting. It sounds like you had never heard this word, bastinado, and I yeah. had not either. We do not use it currently in English, but I looked it up. It is in the dictionary. Uh-huh. It means a, a punishment of caning or like beating the soles of someone's feet, the undersides oh of someone's feet with a stick. So an example sentence, the prisoners were bastinadoed, but we don't use this anymore. I would not recommend it. Even native English speakers are very unlikely to understand the word. Well, it makes sense. We don't use it anymore just because we don't, I hope we don't do that anymore, right? These, these yeah, forms of punishment are no longer a thing. And so, you know, so right. language evolves, makes total exactly. sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If it's not something that's used anymore, we're never going to hear about it or learn it. So, but that is a word that actually existed that Shakespeare used in one of his plays. But in looking into this, I discovered that he had invented 1700 words and uh, most of them are commonly used today. Most of them are adopted them into English. Yes. Uh. Today, we're going to share three that we use all the time in business English that if you are not yet, you should be using these. They're impressive and interesting. Uh, yes. And people love to listen to you if you're articulate in the business world, right? And these words will make you sound quite well-read and quite articulate. So Aubrey, I think we should get into the first one. What is the first one that we can grab from Shakespeare? Yes. So this word is lackluster. You can see that he invented words by like changing nouns into verbs, changing verbs into adjectives, connecting words that hadn't been used or adding prefixes or suffixes. So in this case, this is from the play As You Like It, Act 2, Scene 7, where he (laughs) took these two words, lack and luster, that had not been combined before, and he combined them and turned this. But here's what's really fascinating. When I looked into it, often the way he used it in a play is not the way we currently use it. It's evolved since then to have Mm -hmm. a different meaning. So in that play, he used it to mean without brilliance or shine to mean like dull. Mm -hmm. But how do we use it today, Lindsay? Well, so for example, we use it now to mean something that is unimpressive. So he was using it more in the physical sense that something wasn't shining. He said someone's eyes were lackluster, Ah. meaning they weren't brilliant or shining, which isn't really how we use it now. I agree. We use it to mean unimpressive. I might say his performance during the job interview was lackluster. Yeah. I wonder if he also kind of meant that in a more figurative sense too, right? Like maybe that person was looking at something and they didn't have that shine in their eyes. So they weren't excited about the thing that they were looking at. Right. Mm, But they were unimpressed by what they were seeing or even that their eyes were unimpressive because they weren't shining brightly. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's trying to get at character, you know, like someone's not alive inside. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Very, I love this. This is really cool. So we use it now in business, right? We could use it Mm -hmm. in business or personal life. It's not just business. To oh, be, yeah. Again, to mean unimpressive. Do we have any? Another example, yeah, is yeah. to say she has a lackluster attitude. Oh. I, this is a very impressive word. If you use this word, you will sound very educated, very yes. intelligent. People mm-hmm. will know what you are saying. Like people will understand. I do hear this word, but I also would be impressed if I heard someone use this. Yeah, I will admit that this is a word that I've wanted to like commit to trying to use more often so impressive yes. exactly so as native speakers we also have those thoughts or right? have thoughts of oh wow i heard someone use that i want to use that i haven't quite adapted it or adopted it into my vocabulary yet but i would like to 
<laughs> yes, right. So listen, you guys out there, we're giving you words that yeah, it's the same with me. I feel like it's not tip of top of mind to right. use this word sometimes, but I want to. I want to use it more because I do feel like it's impressive. And it's one of those perfect words that everyone will know what you mean. They will probably have heard it but rarely enough, right? It's like an IELTS, we say it's a band nine word, meaning it's less commonly used. It's very impressive and therefore very high scoring. Exactly. Speaking of IELTS real quick, you and Jessica are over there on IELTS Energy twice a week giving awesome knowledge bombs. <laughs> yes, right. Speaking of places to learn band nine IELTS vocab, if yes. you guys are studying for the IELTS exam, our other podcast, IELTS Energy, you want to make sure to follow. Don't miss it. We have two episodes every week with all the strategies you need to get seven or higher on the IELTS exam. Yeah, good stuff. Let's go into the next one. What is number two, Aubrey, real quick? What is the second one that we get from Shakespeare? So this word is baseless. Mm -hmm. It's from the play The Tempest. And another fascinating one that in Shakespeare was used differently than we use it now. He described fabric as baseless and wanted to mean without substance, like a very sheer, thin fabric. But hmm. now we use it to mean without foundation in fact, right? Okay. You'll often hear someone say, those are baseless allegations, mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. someone has been accused of something and they are saying it's not true. It's not rooted in fact. Ah, interesting. So a lot of these are going from the physical to the mm -hmm. more metaphorical or figurative in modern day use. I love yes. it. So baseless allegations, or he made a claim about his competitor that turned out to be baseless. I mean, this is why we have the legal system. We can't just go around making claims and, you know, be believed, right? We have to prove, you know, like I think about defense attorneys and, um, you know, you have to prove a crime has happened, right? Yes, the exactly. burden is on this, you to prove it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And it could be very useful in work just like that. Talking about claims competitors or clients or someone may have made. If you want to say that it's not rooted in fact, that it's untrue, this is a very impressive high level way to say that, to say that it is baseless. Yeah. And if you work in a place, especially if you work in marketing or business development, never come to the table with baseless ideas, like always back up your ideas with data, right? People mm -hmm. respect data. At least I know in the US, we respect data heavily. So make sure you don't just come with like crazy ideas, come with ideas rooted in data and analytics, right? So yes, they're not and baseless. that's where to use that vocab right before you present your data, your mm -hmm. analytics say the, my, you know, my claims or my ideas are not baseless. Here are the statistics to prove this. So good. It sounds so high level and so professional. Absolutely. Very impressive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Aubrey. So what is the third here? Okay, this word is impartial. It's from King Henry IV, part two. And this is one that we use the same way today that he used it. He needed a way oh, cool. to say not partial, mm -hmm. meaning that you don't have a preference for one side of sight or the other, but this word didn't exist yet. So he added that prefix im to create the opposite of being partial. 
wow, smart guy. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> How cool would it be to be known for making up words? Like I invented a word in the English language. How cool, right? Know, How cool, right? I could maybe write a book, but I don't think I would be inventing words that would then become <laughs> adopted into our common vernacular. For I don't think it's going right? <laughs> yes. um, So here's some sample sentences for our listeners. Guys, her boss was impartial to her when they first met, but now he has great respect for her. Right? Yes. Right. So impartial, meaning like didn't really care one way or the other. Apathetic mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Yeah. We often talk about juries. They are supposed yes. to be impartial. They are supposed to come into the courtroom without any preconceived idea one way or the other. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how well that works, though, especially with a high profile case. Right. Yes. Right. Um, if they have for sure heard about it, it's hard to not have any kind of prior idea before you step into that room. Right. And super high profile cases everyone's heard about, like, for example, the Boston Marathon bomber. Right. Yes. Like that. How can anyone be totally impartial? It's it's impossible. That was all over the news. Right? Exactly. It would be really, really difficult. I know for sure. Here's another example. I can really think about using this for business English. Mm-hmm. We often are talking about products being tried and sampled before we release them to the market. And so if you are maybe doing a survey or trying some products, you might hear this. Try to stay impartial while you try both products. Mm, I love it. So good. So good. All right. I love how we're bringing this right back to the business world because, you know, in business, guys, it does matter what you say. It matters the words you use, right? It's so important. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Yes. And, uh-huh. Speaking of business English, Aubrey, we have another podcast. We have three podcasts here at Allers English. Um, where can they go to find our business English podcast? Yes, wherever you guys find your podcast, search All Ears English and you'll see all three of our podcasts. And you want to be sure to follow our newest baby business yeah. English podcast, right? <laughs> Just like you said, so much great vocab that we use in business English strategies for giving a stellar presentation or interview. So definitely follow. Yeah, with that show, we've really kind of curated it 100% for you guys where English matters. It's high stakes for you when it comes to your career, whether maybe you use English once a month, but a very important moment when you get on that conference call with the New York office, for example, or every day, this podcast, the Business English podcast is 100% for you in those moments. Okay, good. Aubrey, role play time. Yes. All right. We know you guys love role plays. We want to show you how to use this impressive vocabulary at work. So you and I are co-workers here, debriefing after interviewing a candidate for a position that we're trying to fill. Ooh, always interesting interviewing. Here we go. All right. I'll start us out. That was a bit of a lackluster performance, don't you think? Honestly, it's very difficult for me to be impartial because to be honest, he's my brother-in-law. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I think you should just decide since you can be impartial. I I wasn't impressed to tell you the truth, but I can't put my finger on why. So maybe my opinion is baseless. Oh, that's not good. That's <laughs> right. This is an awkward I feel like we're headed to hire someone that's not going to add value to the company. <laughs> I know. It's so funny because I can see myself backpedaling a little bit. Like, I really didn't like him, but maybe I'm wrong now that I know he's your family member. <laughs> what yeah, an awkward yeah, situation yeah, yeah, yeah. to be in. Oh, very awkward. But I like our use of these high level business words. So you yes. said first, that was a bit of a lackluster performance. Don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah. Right. Very native, natural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just means unimpressed. Like maybe wasn't terrible for any reason, but I just wasn't really impressed. Yeah. And then I said, what? What did I say? Honestly, 
But it's very difficult for me to be impartial because he's your brother-in-law. This is the exact, this is exactly how we would use this, right? Because yes. you have a personal relationship, it's hard for you to be impartial about his performance in this interview. Right. But you didn't know that. And then I said, I think you should just decide since you can be impartial. Right. right. I don't have that relationship. So I don't have this person, but it's tricky because suddenly I'm not as impartial because I know you know him. Oh, I know. I know. You. So your opinion changed. Your answers changed right? completely. It's very awkward at that point. <laughs> so funny. And then the last one I said, maybe my opinion is baseless. I'm kind of point. I'm kind of admitting that yeah. I don't have concrete facts or reasons. I have no statistics. Right. I just kind of didn't. I just wasn't really impressed. Yeah. And I like how you use this phrase. I can't put my finger on why. That's a good bonus for our listeners here. Right? Yes, this is a great idiom, meaning you're just unsure. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know exactly why we use this very, it's such a visual that I can't put my finger on it. Right. Imagine yeah. all the details <laughs> skittering away and you're trying to right. put your finger on one. <laughs> it's so good. I use this all the time. Yeah. So for our listeners, that'll probably be highlighted as a keyword in the app Definitely. or a key phrase, but make sure you write that down right now and start using that. I love how in these episodes, you guys are getting bonuses as well. What's the takeaway, Aubrey? Yes, guys, reading classical literature can be really challenging, but it can improve your vocabulary, even though Lindsay and I both haven't read a lot of Shakespeare since, you know, high school or college. <laughs> there are there's so much vocabulary that's very impressive that comes from those classical works. The other nice thing about these, just to keep in mind, is they're all most of them are free online, right? You can read them. It's open source literature. So you can find all of Shakespeare online if you want to dip your toe into it. Oh, yeah. In high school, I used to get the cliff notes and I would use. Yes. Did you get cliff notes in high school? <laughs> I would often read the actual play, but Shakespeare is get such a sort notes. of a different way of speaking with thee and thine. Yes. And it's hard to understand sometimes. So I would also read cliff notes to make sure I was really understanding the meaning. Uh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, guys, don't leave literature behind. You know, we have podcasts now, we have music, we have YouTube, but there's no replacement for classic literature or even just sitting down with a great novel. Um, go back to that and make sure you make time in your life for that so that you do have these high level phrases when it matters, especially in business English. Right, Aubrey? Yes, exactly. Today's words are so impressive. You guys use them, incorporate them at work, practice using them so that you can up level your next conversation with a coworker. I love it. So good. Good stuff, Aubrey. Thanks for hanging out today. It's been fun as always. Yes. Awesome. See you next time. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.